Welcome to Hunter Gatherers, the podcast of Hunter S. Thompson's story, coming to you from Historic Magazine Street, New Orleans. I'm Christopher Tidmore, joined by our host, who is not in sunny Maine, but much sunnier Louisiana, sitting next to me, overlooking Magazine Street, one Curtis Robinson. Well, it's good to be back in studio. I will say that because mostly I like the way you can manipulate my sound to make me sound like I'm in a baseball stadium. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that. And, you know, we're here in... We're doing uh, a lot of echoes this morning. We're here in the Big Easy, but we might as well be in Houston because we are on countdown. We are on our way to Gonzo Fest in uh, Louisville, Kentucky on uh, July 14th. And this will be the first of the lead-up uh, podcast to that, Christopher. So, uh Pack your bags, baby. Oh, a lot of metaphors in that. And speaking of that, one of the main organizers of Gonzo Fest happens to be joining us. Kent Fielding is with us. And uh, with that, Kent, we'll dub you in. Can you, we'll flip you on on the board. And uh, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great this morning. How's that? Uh, yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, which uh, I'm actually live in Alaska. So this is a big change. It's actually warm here. What did you? I heard you hitchhike down. Is that true? Is there any truth to that? <laughs> That'd be one really heck of a hitchhike. No, but it <laughs> probably would have been just as quick with yeah. all the train, with all the airline transfers I had to make. That would be good. We, we'll get to um, we'll get to the details of Gonzo Fest in a second. But one of the things I wanted to ask you, you know, this is the the, the podcast of Hunter Thompson's story. So, so what would you say is your story with Hunter Thompson? Well, uh, in '96, uh, I helped Ron. Uh, with the Hunter S. Thompson tribute that happened in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, and I can tell you that <laughs> I had the honor of, maybe it's an honor, of driving Hunter from the airport to the Brown Hotel, from the Brown Hotel to the sound check, um, you know, and, 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 and doing a lot with, with that uh, actual event, you know, backstage and stuff. Um, it, I could talk. Quite a quite a long time just on the event. There are actual right? there are actual panels uh, at this year's Gonzo yeah. Fest about uh, that uh, that tribute in '96, correct? Yeah, the, the first panel uh, on July 14th at noon is about is about that event, and and the you know I am the moderator, but there's a lot of people. I think there's six people on on the panel that will be talking about stories about the the '96 event and what happened and you know, what they witnessed or, you know, stories with, you know, Hunter, stories with Bob Broadus, stories with, you know, probably Johnny Depp. Uh, Do you find that people are much more relaxed now that so many statutes of limitation have passed? <laughs> because I do. I do. And we should say that Ron, Ron, our reference to Ron is Ron Whitehead, the the, the noted poet and uh, Gonzo Fest organizer. He's, he was a founder. This is the 10th Gonzo Fest, and I think Ron. I think it's all public that Ron has said this is it, tenth and out. That's uh, you know, I have actually never been. Uh, of course, I'm a newspaper guy, so without a deadline, I don't do anything. And so, so here we go. And you did a nice, nice, nice part uh, deal, saying you know, your panel discussion is the only one you you mentioned. But it's, but the thing kicks off. Uh, it's 14th and 15th. It's two days, and walk us through the logistics of it for people who are. Just now, crowning at us and trying to Google for tickets. And just so we know before we start, if you would give how people could get tickets, so we do it before, right now, and do it later in the broadcast or as well. Before I forget, yeah. 
Okay, so yeah, you can like, I don't have the exact website, but if you just do a, a search for, you know, Google search for Gonzo Fest 2023, you, you can find tickets. They are $25. There is a limit of 400 tickets, I believe, and half of them are sold. Actually, more than half of them sold as of Monday. So if you want tickets, you should get them. Yeah, this will this will certainly sell out. Yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah, and they're not gonna they're not gonna let more people in. It's just there's just not enough room uh, in the in the building. And it is um, it is in Louisville. It's at a particular venue. I mean, it used to be if I remember this correctly, and and, and you you tell me it used to be more of like a music festival kind of thing uh, built around hundred, but now but now it's uh, at one venue. It's it's at one venue. Yeah, it used to be all over. You know, in different places, like it's been at the the uh, library downtown where Virginia Thompson worked. Um, it's been at uh, Speed Museum down by the University of Louisville. You know, so it's been in different places. This one is just at the the High Horse Bar. the The owner is a pretty big hunter. You know, Thompson. Um, fan, so that was probably one of the selling points. You know, for him to help, you know, sponsor it. Um, you know, uh, so. Yeah, it's also you know it, we're also getting to the, the the point where you know it, it costs money to run these these events and so and money means organization and and you know trying to reach out to people and I think you know with COVID there was uh, you know a couple of years where there was no Gonzo Fest you know, this is why it's not the tenth and not the twelfth uh, so it just just recovering from that has been been hard. I've seen various literary festivals of people who were alive when they started or had recently died. The Tennessee Williams Festival in New Orleans comes to mind. And eventually they had to evolve into the core of it is the uh, is the main author, in this case, right. Tennessee Williams. But other authors, people in the genre, people being as come into these panels. Is something like that happening this year? Yes. So Friday, Friday the fourteenth, what you're going to have happen is that the really the is a big hunter day, uh, and so you have between twelve and like six p.m. It, there's a big focus on Hunter S. Thompson. After that, there is going to be bands, and on Saturday, there's a lot of poetry readings, um, but less focused on Hunter and more focused on like the the local arts and more you know, fo- which, and more focused on Gonzo. Yeah, local, local arts is, you know, Gonzo is like, you know, again, like, it, you know, local arts, you know, look, in something that I think Hunter would have supported, like, you know, artists with their own voices. But, uh, yeah, less, less like just talk about who Hunter was and what Hunter meant. I'm uh, more about people, you know, you know, using their own voice to, to promote whatever is interested, interests them as far as like poetry or music. And, um, and if someone wants to come, uh, walk, walk through what the, what, what it will be. It will be, uh, uh, just walk through what what happens on on Friday, and then uh, at what point uh, does the bar open? <laughs> <laughs> I think the bar opens probably before Gonzo Fest starts. <laughs> so if you wanted to show up early and start drinking, you could. Uh, That's not hypothetical. I, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so Gonzo Fest starts at noon on Friday, July fourteenth, uh, and that first panel, which is going to be an hour and a half, is. Uh, on the, the 1996 tribute, you know, the stories behind the tribute, you know, and per, also perhaps what the tribute meant both to Hunter and to, to, to Louisville uh, as a city. Um, and there's, you know, as far as the panelists go, uh, you have uh, T.R. Johnson, who is from Tulane. 
You have Deirdre Skaggs, who's from the University of Kentucky. You have Billy Hardison, who is a huge uh, music promoter in, in Louisville. Uh, he has a really fascinating story uh, uh, about the, 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 the 96 tribute. Um, he, he actually brought Mojo Nixon to, to, to meet to the 100 uh, tribute, and there was a uh, Hunter did not want Mojo Nixon at the tribute, and there was sort of some alterations. Um, he stuffed himself in. <laughs> well, well, he, he was he, well. He was he well, was led in the back door. This, this is this is well, part of the whole story. Yes, he was yes. led in the back door because like there was no there was really no security. It was uh, you know that the the University of Louisville pulled out of sponsoring the tribute, and so it was on a shoestring budget, and so the, the security was like a college students. <laughs> and they, so there was no security. They let anybody in. Mojo Nixon shows up. Oh, Mojo Nixon, come in then. Uh, Mojo Nixon, it's, it's, it's a fascinating story. I won't tell the, the whole part of it, but at one point, Mojo Nixon did push Johnny Depp down and, and you know, said, suffer, little man, suffer. Um, but... And you don't want to tell that story on the story on the podcast of Hunter S. Thompson stories. We will we will be recording these, these and other stories. I should say I, I wasn't I was not there in '96, uh, but I, I did I did yeah. hear I've heard many of the stories in different versions well, of them over time. But it was it was rocking, and you know it was uh, uh, it was beautifully recorded by Wayne Ewing, and it's, and he's right. used it in uh, documentaries. So you, you you can find wonderful footage of it, and it's and it's, it's glorious. And um, one of the things for those of us who are sort of a cult for the wave speeches, it's called from uh, the Vegas book. And yeah. members of the the cult will know immediately what I'm talking about. The others will have to find yeah. out. But uh, uh, Johnny does the wave speech. I, I think that's the one from there that I, I you know I have on speed dial. So it's. Um, 96 was raucous. Uh, we'll we'll see how raucous it gets this year. Yeah, one of the, and one of the great things about the, the 96 tribute, uh, you know, was that it was all about Hunter's work. You know, because everyone who everyone who showed up read from from Hunter's work or talked about Hunter's work uh, until Hunter got on stage. <laughs> then it was about Hunter and Hunter the persona, you know, not the uh, not the work itself. It was, but, Hunter, I, but, but you know, he was he was yeah. he was interesting on that, and it was also interesting that the University of Louisville pulled out at the last because that really fueled what a lot of us think that Louisville has been very 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 slow. Yeah. And, I, and you can put it in past tense. We can say was very slow to pick up a couple of its favorite sons, both. Both Hunter and Muhammad Ali. We just had Jeff Weddle, the uh, the poet from Alabama, on, and and he was talking about seeing Hunter in 1980 at the University of Kentucky. And one of the things he said, he didn't know who Hunter was, and he was, you know, in school at UK in 1980. And we've since <clears throat> been polling people who grew up in and around Louisville, and they basically said, no, I actually discovered Hunter, i.e college going away or uh, in uh, in my 20s or some variation therein and it was a very why do you I, we've been asking the question why do you think the area was so close so slow to embrace hunter well i would say that there's you know even today you have half the population who embraces hunter you know because of what he represents as far as like you know the idea of freedom and and living the way you want to and the other half is <laughs> still like Drugs, <laughs> which you know, uh, you know, and, 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 which is interesting. 
interesting thing. So yeah, he's he hasn't completely been embraced by Louisville, but you know he's been embraced a lot more you know since like '96 and than, than he was. You know, and I, I think you know people are just scared of like you know the the idea of like drug culture, even though even though Hunter you know. Well, you would find perhaps drugs in Hunter's books. He was never someone who advocated drugs. I mean, if you listen to some of the the, the, the talks he did, you know, he would tell people like, you know, do you know, don't use me as an excuse to do what you want to do. Um, if you if you want to do drugs, that's up to you. It's not. I'm not promoting it. Well, in his own um, way, he was a cautionary tale. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, like if you like, you know, you know. Um, he scared me off drugs, hard drugs. Anyway. Well, <laughs> Well, you know, and the thing is, like, he, you know, Hunter, if you, if you, all you knew about him was the drugs and, you know, and perhaps, you know, saw him, you know, later in life, like, if you listen to some of the things he said and, and, you know, some of the interviews he did, like in the 70s, those are brilliant. That guy was sharp as anybody has ever lived. But, like, yeah, yeah, you know, after, you know, yeah, you know, as I think Douglas Franklin says, after the cocaine, maybe, you know, Maybe it wasn't as sharp as he was, but like, you know, you say that, and I and I, I agree with you. I I I agree that there's that point. I, you have to right, but but I would say that some of the stuff he wrote in Hey Rube sort of snuck under the radar. But it's right, really no, like yeah. the Forever War, I, and some of the stuff he wrote just before nine eleven, which yeah. is like wow, that was yeah. that was scary. no no, yeah no, I, I I agree with you. I think I think the I, I think the difference is like you know, at one point. Almost everything he was, wrote was on the money, and then at an, another point, it was like hit or miss, depending on. Well, that's true. You know, my the theory situation. is my theory is that that his main addiction was to to the deadline. He was a deadline be, yeah. addict, and I, I didn't think have that, a deadline. <laughs> well, when you know, when you're Hunter Thompson and and nope, right. uh, your, your your editors are, you know, they'll they'll give you another week. He yep. could smell weakness through a phone line. Yeah, I mean, he really yep. could, and and. You know, my my system was always to just lie to him from the beginning and tell him yeah. the deadline was six weeks before it was, and just yeah. try to work from there. I think I think you're probably you're, you're probably right. I mean, uh, Deirdre Skaggs, who is uh, from the UK, who was his personal assistant at the '96 tribute, would probably agree with you as far as like how she had to deal with him uh, at the at the tribute. Well, for, before Gone So Fast, you're, you're talking about some of these august people you're having uh, to deal with it. Um, I, I assume they're going to get into a little bit of Hunter's writing style. I mean, the thing that people are astonished to know, but anybody who's ever read a Hunter book kind of figures out, is these were columns that were adopted, with a couple of notable exceptions, that that deadline philosophy was what drove him to write his best stuff. But these were these were columns, mostly for Rolling Stone, though not exclusively. Right. And um, that for Curtis and I, who are you know, who are newspaper reporters and came up in that world, that makes perfect sense. But for a lot of novelists, they hunt, reading Hunter aggravates them for fiction, nonfiction, because they, <laughs> they, they they're like it, it's it's like these little episodes. And I said, yeah, that's what a column is. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> end, you end up on these panels where they say, well, you know, as a book, is there a through line? I said, yeah, there's a through line. It's it, the book's called Fear and Loathing. Fear and Loathing is the through line. It's uh, and, and there's a reason for it: fear and loathing. Um. So what's the most unexpected thing at the 10th and perhaps last Gonzo Fest that will happen well, in Louisville? Yeah, let me just I, I let me just go through the, the Friday schedule. I just actually got sidetracked on that first panel. Um, so the first panel goes from uh, 12 to 1.30. 
And then at 1.30, you have uh, John Whitney. Uh, he's from Texas. He's bringing Hunter's Vincent Black Shadow up to show it off. Um, I don't know how he got a hold of it, but, you know, he's bringing it up uh, on a trailer. Uh, and so that's going to be, I guess, he's going to show it off, and there might be some question and answering at 1.30. Uh, then at 2, there's a, a, a panel on uh, the Hells Angels. Um, it is, uh, you know, the moderator is... Uh, Timothy De Nevi, I think I got that name right. Um, he's, you know, he and and a bunch of Hunter scholars. You know, there's uh, Margaret Ann Harold, Peter Richardson, William McLean, John Brick, and then Ron Whitehead. So there's a bunch of you know really well-known uh, Hunter scholars that have uh, you know, all written pretty, pretty. Pretty well-known books, I think, as far as at least selling books. Um, Timothy Denevi might be my his book might be my favorite. You know, it's about the uh, ten-year span of uh, you know uh, Hunter between the, the '60s and, and right after the Water Watergate. Oh wow, that's a period um, of Hunter's life that doesn't get as much concentration. So you know, well, he, yeah, he, he thinks it's well, <laughs> he thinks it's well. He was. Uh, I have to, I'd have to look up the, the the subtitle of the book, but it's you know you know ten. It's like the ten year period of uh, you know Hunter's war uh, against. Uh, uh, I, I forget the exact term, but it's it's a really fascinating, you know, in, insight look into to, to Hunter and, and uh, how he you know uh, went after um, uh, civil rights that were. That might have been. Yeah, it's part of that. By. That's part of that. That a lot of materials coming out now, essentially, Hunter's war on fascism, and mm. uh, every right. and every where he could find it. Uh, I would probably say that that expanded to say any totalitarian kind of regime. I mean, Hunter did not respond well to authority. Um, and <laughs> Hunter didn't respond well to authority. He helped elect. Yes, yes, he, yeah. yeah. Anyway, the one time he ran for office, his first promise was to resign immediately. <laughs> Turn it over to someone who knew what they were doing. But it was uh, only he and William F. Buckley. What you know? If, what happens if you went and demand a recount? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, you know, Hunter, Hunter almost—he came close to being sheriff, closer than people remember. And uh, I think if the voter registration had been different, but I won't go off into political. Uh, nuance at this point. I will begin packing my bags, though, and uh, I, I can't. I'm, not, I'm from Kentucky originally. I've not been back in oh ages, more than more than five years at least. Uh, it, yeah, but I was raised there, so uh, you know, I, I do have a little chill to do a Hell's Angels thing in Louisville because um, you know when I when I was there, that was uh, that was outlaws country, my friend. Yeah. yeah. So are we? Are it we still okay? is in some ways. Are we okay? That, that's a, I hate to say rival because I don't want to say anything that would irritate any of them. <laughs> I want to be really, really clear. That's, that's a good life insurance policy, no, Curtis. My buddy Big Mike Endicott has passed, so I have absolutely no sway there. <laughs> so, uh, but maybe yeah, they would know who Big Mike Endicott was. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, only I would immediately deviate into. Have we cleared everything with the biker gangs? <laughs> But <laughs> uh, I, I 
I don't know. <laughs> That's a question for me. I don't know. That's the kind of detail we can leave to Ron because he's a bear for that kind of thing. So let me ask you, uh, uh, sort of, because I've never been. We're hoping to actually attend and and broadcast from yeah. there and do this podcast, um, but I've never been to Gonzo Fest either, and I'm curious about the the people, the the fans that come, the the, the fanatics really at this point. the The question is, are more of them Vegas book? Rum Diaries, or, or is there a large contingent of the political writers? Because Curtis and I often talk about the fact that if you're in D.C., you know, right. oh, Hunter Thompson, the great political writer, didn't he do something about Las Vegas? You know, it's, 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 we, we spent a year going through Fear and Loathing on the campaign trail 72 and looking at all the parallels. It's so many, so going into this year, into 24, and it, it's, it's like reading like prophecy. And I was curious about sort of the the focuses of of hunter readers and what their uh, what you encounter as their concentration. Well, you know, growing up in uh, Louisville, I'll tell you that everyone you know, has read the Derby piece, <laughs> and usually they move from the Derby piece straight into Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. But because it, you know, Ron and and Ron and Ron and I started working together in '92, um, the, the focus really is you know for for us has been on like you know civil rights and promotion of uh, literature and you know you know we brought in a lot of uh, beat poets to to Louisville before before they died in the 90s so you know with that there is there has been some focus on on hunters uh Political writing, perhaps more than would have been if you know if you just let people you know without that promotion, because like really the, the the focus with people in in Louisville would be Derby piece, and from the Derby piece it's almost automatic to go to you know if you're in Louisville, Las Vegas, and whether you make the jump to you know the seventy two presidential campaign, I don't know, um, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess there you go. And of course, you know that, you know, that Derby piece we should note might be one of the reasons for slow. Uh, for slow embrace from uh, from the Louisville business community, anyway. <laughs> it's not ex- it's not exactly a chamber of commerce brochure. The, the, I, I think the term whiskey gentry springs to mind. <laughs> well, I remember uh, actually having uh, read that piece in a class for in grad school. I was actually up in, in at the University of Alaska in Fairbanks. I was uh, doing an MFA up there, and uh, the guy was presenting the piece and didn't know I was actually from you know Kentucky. Uh, and <laughs> and he's like, you know, was presenting as fiction. I'm like, yeah, there's more truth to this than you really think. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I think, I, I think every, word, every word of it's true. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I do too. I, yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, that was that was straight from from memory. That was, and then you know that's what Gonzo is supposed to be, and that's the that is considered the first Gonzo piece. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Um, so after the, this uh, Hell's Angel panel, which I think you know, if, if you're a Hunter fan, you you need to you know make sure you you, you get to two to is that two to three thirty. There's a there is a actually sorry it's two to four. There is a screening of Outlaw Poet, and Outlaw Poet is like a documentary on Ron Whitehead. But there is about a half an hour of that you know movie that's pretty much dedicated to to Hunter and the the '96 event, and and you know some of the the relationship that um, you know Ron had with with Hunter S. Thompson. So it's a pretty it's a pretty fascinating like insight into like the '96 event, and there's there's a couple clips there. Um, 
from that event. I, I think there's an underground. I know Wayne Union has a, the, the actual full footage, but I think there's an underground uh, person in Louisville who actually filmed it as well that, uh, that I have a copy of his film, um, and I think there's some other people do as, as well. It's never been released for various reasons, but... Christopher and I have a couple of things that have not been released for various reasons as well. And I will refer to <laughs> that, that gives us a chance to loop back to the beginning of the statutes of limitation. Right. Um, so, yeah, so that, I think that's an interesting um, movie documentary on Ron, but the, the guy who is, uh, who, who produced it, uh, Nick, uh, I can't remember Nick's last name at the moment. Um, I can look it up real quick. But Nick is doing, he's doing a, he's doing a follow-up film on, it's Nick Storm. He's doing a follow-up film on the actual 96 event, the 96 Hunter S tribute, because he has a lot of, he has a lot of interview footage with people such as Bob Broadus, um, you know, that's, I mean, I've seen the the, the interview. It is pretty insightful as far as some of the things that happened. Um, but there's also other there's also other people who who have some really in, insightful uh, interviews about what happened at the, the the events and perhaps why it was important or why it was important to Hunter. So he's he's going to use the the, the footage he has left uh, from the Ron Whitehead documentary as a the beginning of his footage on the the Hunter S. Thompson tribute uh, in '96. I have no idea when he's going to be done with it. Yeah, it sounds like it's a perfect uh, epitaph, but it's uh, um, it also sounds like you have to have another event to air it and screen it because you might not get it released. So, Gonzo yeah, yeah, Fest number eleven. One good reason to go to eleven. Yes, it is. I, I would be surprised if this is the last Gonzo Fest. But <laughs> there you go. Me. That's the spirit. That's the energy. Yeah, any, any, man, me. any man with the ability to hitchhike all the way from Alaska can do anything. God, I would love to see someone who actually did it. I took the train up to um, um, uh, Port Royal once, and I was like, God, this takes for even by going to American U.S. standards, this takes forever. That would be that would be an experience. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, so, that's anyway. true. Um, <clears throat> well, on that wonderful note, Gonzo Fest, of course, comes in uh, on the 14th of July, and we've got so much. You can get your tickets. Just put Gonzo Fest um, 2023 into your search browser. And I will say this. Let me tell you this. Beware. Uh, if you do a search, beware that you're not on a previous posting. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes, make sure you go to 2023. Yes. Sometimes the 22 can pop up yeah. and cause you to think that you have booked the wrong flight. All right. I'll leave it at that. On that note, um, tickets are still available, uh, about half of them, but they will be going soon. And we plan on going ourselves, so we hope to see you there. And that just about does it for this edition yeah, of Hunter Gathers. Thanks Gathers. a lot. I know, I know we, we, we jumped around a bit to get you on, but but thank you so much for uh, joining yeah, us. No, thank you. That was great. It was our pleasure, Kent. And uh, Curtis Robinson, as always, it's nice to have you in studio here in New Orleans, and we'll be having you right across the thing at Gonzo Fest. Um, and, and we'll be back, ladies and gentlemen the next week. As always, I'm Christopher Tidmore, and we will see you in the next edition.